0: how do we seem to you do you find us beautiful magical our white skin our fi- fierce eyes drink you ask of me Do you have any idea the things you will become hello and welcome to episode 93 of under the call of ms Just a little Anne rice quote there from interview with the vampire And today, we finally got some comics again to talk about. So we're going to start out with Chastity, Dynamite Comics, 25th Anniversary, Volume 2. Chastity Jack has been kidnapped To the great misfortune of her kidnappers. She, along with a dozen other young women, arrive at an audition for a prestigious, New York City burlesque acting, act hoping to land a coveted spot in the popular show. When they wake up in the chains, in chains on a spooky cruise ship in the middle of nowhere, they're congratulated on joining the cast. Realizing they've been drugged and kidnapped by human traffickers, Cassidy Jack declines the offer, grindhouse style. Uh, if you don't know, Chastity is a character who may not be very familiar with people and some of the things about her. She's used to be a gymnast and she's half vampire, half human. She gets the best of both both of those abilities. She can drink blood, but she doesn't have to, but she does gain power and strength from it. She can go out in the sun. She just gets uh, substantially stronger at nighttime instead of daytime. She can see her reflection. Uh, She has heightened senses and vampire strength. She's undetectable to vampires, but she she smells human to them, but she can detect them. So she's been focused on killing off vampires that she finds uh and she has a variety of other abilities and stuff you can find out if you ever get into her stories. stories but uh she's trying to get into movies and stuff like that. She likes her dancing, burlesque, go-go dancing, stuff like that. Uh, And like it says, they get, she goes in for an audition, and all of a sudden, they notice that they're getting gassed or poisoned or whatever, and she's like, what the hell's going on? And they wake up, and they're, it's more of a tanker truck, not a cruise ship. anchor ship uh, cargo type ship type thing but uh, yeah she wakes up and then they do what they can to try and figure out what's going on and take care of the guys that are kidnapping them the human traffickers and you find out another character in here that's part of the story I don't want to ruin all that stuff for you it's great it's a five issue run Five yeah. issue run that hopefully went on to be something more because it does leave you with a hopeful ending that there's going to be more coming in the future. So I will be checking those out. I've been really enjoying the Chastity character more and more as I've been reading it I and mean, as more focused on the characters like Vampirella, Evil Ernie, Lady Death, and stuff like that. But Chastity's slowly becoming one of my more favorites of the group. And then uh, I checked out Seeker number one from Caliber Comics, uh, Caliber Core, Caliber Comics issue one. Picked this one. I got this one because it's autographed. And I wanted to check it out. But Leon Haywood is the world's current seeker, a superhero, if you will, ass- if you will, assigned to a special task force whose goal is to take on criminals, corrupt corporations, and terrorist cells wherever they may may be. There is a former seeker, Tracy Lamaster, who is locked up in a mental hospital because, obviously, her story of being an incarnate of an ancient Atlant- Atlantean force that inhabits the Seeker's host body couldn't possibly be true. But as Leanne carries out her duties as Seeker, a new recruit, Maxine Brassara, Brassara is unknowingly in training to become a Seeker herself. Seeker. Some say she is an assassin. Some claim her as a hero. She is a figure of mystery that seemingly moves within the shadows to exact her vengeance. She is also an operative for a special government, task force, unit, and the seeker persona has come out of the shadows to become a popular icon for the American public. A woman who wears the mantle of seeker proudly, for she understands that she is seeker and seeker is her, but she's wrong. Before her, there was another seeker, and before that, yet another, and another. There has always been a seeker. They may look different, they may serve different masters, but the role of seeker goes beyond current-day government, goes beyond operatives against other operatives. The legacy of seeker goes into the fabled past of a land that most don't believe exists, and a lot like a vampire slayer. (laughs) Uh, It's kind of like Buffy turned into Secret Ops Instead of focus on vampires This is done in black and white It's an interesting storyline It grabs you I definitely want to see more This is issue one of course So you're left wondering where it's going to go what's going to happen to her, what happened to the past seekers, what's going on with all that. So if if that interests you at all, check that out. I, of course, grabbed it because it was autographed. I have it in my collection because I came across it. So check that out. And then the last one we're going to talk about is Misty and Scream. 2020 special uh it came out for halloween of course misty and scream returned with another 48 page anthology stuff with scares to create a new generation from british horror fans uh yet yeah. six stories in here the thief of senses which in 1892 victorian england A mysterious horror stalks the streets of London, taking something valuable from each of its victims. Yet the Agus, a school performance of Medusa, the musical, will reflect the tensions and rivalries between the cast and crew. Bumps in the Night, you got when the circus comes to Grimsley, Lacey, and Cheryl find that they are... Definitely not amused by what goes on there. And you have Black Beth, the Witch Tree. When Black Beth saves a soothsayer from a murderous mob, she ends up replacing him as a sacrificial offering to the soul-stealing Witch Tree. And you have Return of Black Max, flying solo. Captain Rick Newland and his great-granddaughter Maxine must stop Von Clor and his vampire bat minions from crossing into the land of the living. And then the final one is the Dracula file. An old enemy of Dracula has spent decades hunting him down. Once again, they will meet face to face. Who will survive this deadliest of encounters? This was fun. Yeah, color stories and black and white stories in here. It's a mix of different type of art and collaborators that worked on these stories. They're fun. They're the basic uh, a look back, a remake of the older horror uh, compilations that have been out there. Like strange tales, weird tales, all those different ones. But yeah, scream horror does a lot, deals with all the different horror, yeah, genres. It's this was surprisingly fun, quick read. Uh, short stories because there's six of them in one forty-eight page book. yeah. They will shock your socks off check those out if you like the little horror uh, short stories gives you a variety of them in one pack instead of a bunch of different separate individual storylines check those out lots of fun comics this week again so And then we're going to jump over to the MS side of things. And just a lot of people this time of year, I noticed, are newly diagnosed, asking a lot of questions, who they should have and who they should use, answer what question for this and that. That's when you got to know how well you're how well to get your team designed around all your stuff how well patients progress after a diagnosis of a neuro, neurological disease often depends on the strength of their medical team you're going to need your neurologist of course that's your number one or number two And your primary care practitioner is probably your number one because that's the one you're going to run to anytime you have some issues, some minor issues and stuff like that. They'll be there to answer your questions. Your neurologist is your number two probably because that's who you're going to want to keep up with everything also. I consider those two people basically the same, but. A neurologist will order a muscle biopsy and genetic testing to confirm diagnosis. and Then coordinate interdisciplinary care for you. Uh, you'll probably end up getting, I get an MRI every year. I get an MRI for my neurologist every year and I get an MRI for my cardiologist every year. So it's, Wish they could do it all in one. But It sucks being stuffed in that sausage tube for a couple hours. But uh, neurologists generally see patients once or twice a year when they measure strength, range of joint motion, and motor function. I I always thought it was kind of stupid how the first neurologist would sit there and have me walk about 15 feet. You can't really tell how I'm walking by doing that because... I can be walking for a block, and in that whole block, I can tip over half a dozen times, or once or twice, or not at all. You never know. It's all on your body's reactions. So just walking 15 feet or so isn't really going to give you much of a diagnosis of how we, we our life reflects with our issues. But psychiatrist helps. If you have lots of issues that you're struggling with, with being newly diagnosed or having the disease for a while, it's and I've been wanting to get to a psychiatrist for a long time. So I was kind of hoping with my new neurologist, his two specialties are sleep disorders and psychiatry, and of course the one that he starts me with is the sleep disorders. Hopefully, we'll get into a psychiatrist part of it later on pulmonologist they're crucial for a person with a neuromuscular disease whose respiratory problems can go undetected until very advanced and especially with this covid stuff if you have any type of respiratory respiratory issues it's definitely good to have a pulmonologist so you're not sitting there constantly thinking you got the covid or something like that Cardiologist, many neuro neuromuscular disorders, including DMDs, can uh significantly affect your your heart. So it's good to have a cardiologist keeping an eye on that and seeing what, making sure you're not having no calcium deposits, having any arterial damage, uh blood clots, stuff like that starting to form. Blood platelet issues, doing your blood, your white and red blood cell counts, your B cells, your T cells, keeping track all that stuff. Just good to have that in your in your group. Uh, A good nurse. uh, To live independently requires round-the-clock care. Some people need in-home nursing. or just making sure you got a nurse that's reliable for you to call on at any time so you can ask questions, set appointments, have her give you a suggestion of who to go through for a different, different types of symptoms and stuff like that, a physical therapist to keep us patients mobile and reduce our or pain through specific exercise and advice and therapists they're wonderful for take advantage of whatever you get i think i only get like 6 i think it's 6 uh, appointments a year with my therapist that's covered in my insurance everything after that i got to pay for but i take advantage because my therapist is also a needler and i love when he needles any of my pains in my legs he hits the nerves that make you want to jump through the ceiling but after he's done that pain is gone or way less than it was when i started so an occupational therapist uh, teaches strategies for feeding grooming and dressing yourself and for using your wheelchair more effectively if you're in advanced stages I think occupational therapist, I would say I'd focus on that more probably once you get to the walker stages of life and, and I, or if you are having issues with anything, have the basic functions of life and definitely will help out. Case manager is good to have to find the services required to live independently. Like housing and home support, transportation stuff like that. A social worker is great for well, medical social workers. They focus on practical aspects of having a chronic condition, such as insurance claims, medical equipment needs, and home care. That can be a plus. A dietitian. Patients with DMDs may. Disease-modifying drugs may need to modify their diet because of their condition, especially as it progresses and swallowing becomes more difficult. I also have certain medications that if I have certain types of citrus, grapefruit, stuff like that, it can fully totally set extra issues off of my medications. That's good to have to for the knowledge. Uh, a nurse practitioner, which a lot of our doctors are now, our regular PCP doctors are nowadays. And a lot of my appointments end up with a nurse practitioner, I've noticed. Between visits with their neurologist, many patients with dementia, see nurse practitioners for follow-ups or urgent care. That's a good thing to have on hand. A care consultant. Just much like a social worker. Uh, help patients and their families arrange hospice, private home health care, and live in help. And they can make referrals to organizations that provide financial and legal advice. This is definitely handy in this time of life. Uh, if you want... Scientists say we need shut-eye. Keep the brain healthy and guard against cognitive decline. So you got to watch your medications. They can affect your sleep. Uh, Your electronics can affect your sleep, all that. But a good night's sleep boosts the brain, so you want that, and it helps heal your body. While we sleep impacts how we think and feel as well as our alertness, memory, and concentration. Uh, chronically sleep-deprived subjects develop higher levels of harmful amyloid beta and tau proteins considered along with neurofibrillary tangles to be hallmarks of alzheimer's disease the brain may clear away these proteins during sleep uh MRI scans taken while subjects were sleeping showed that during deep sleep, blood flow in the brain diminished as pulsing waves of CSF, which is cerebrospinal fluid, uh, flushed out excess amyloid beta and tau, presumably grinding the brain, girding of the brain against cognitive decline. So while it has been known that sleep has some value for survival, these reports seem to put sleep front and center in terms of protecting us from cognitive decline. It also may be that less amyloid, beta, and tau are produced when we sleep than while we're awake. Multiple studies over 10 years showed that people with insomnia had an increased risk of developing Alzheimer's. Those with sleep disordered breathing, like sleep apnea, had a an increased risk of dementia in those with fragmented, non-restorative sleep are also more likely to develop Alzheimer's and dementia. Uh, CPAP can be a big plus. I'm hoping it helps with mine because I already get early onset dementia. And I know Alzheimer also runs in my family on uh, my mother's side, so I got to watch out for that. They say with our disease, we could have it earlier than normal. Slow wave and REM sleep seem to be linked to both procedural memory, the ability to automatically perform a task like riding a bicycle, and semantic memory, recall, recalling of words, concepts, and numbers. Slow wave sleep is associated with consolidating memory, whereby things learned in the short term and processed in the hippocampus Are stored in the cortex for long term. So as REM sleep, people who get less REM sleep may have a greater risk of developing dementia. Uh, A great thing is is the Fitbits. They'll show you your deep sleep, your light sleep, your REM sleep. So you can get those every morning when you on check out your readings and stuff. If you want to find a sleep center near you, go to sleepeducation.org backslash find-a-facility. And some sleep disorders are related to neurological conditions. The sleep, sleep, sleep problems among the general population include, include insomnia, sleep apnea, and restless leg syndrome. I deal of it that night and then I get the leg cramps with the legs moving constantly and then I got the foot drop and my left foot just every night's a challenge it's a pain in the ass I've tried so many different pills and medications to try, try and eliminate the cramps, ointments, salves all that shit, the foaming works and all that sometimes helps a little, takes forever but <sighs> here. seniors with sleep apnea who use the CPAP continuous, which is a continuous positive airway pressure machine to help them breathe more easily during sleep experienced signs of mild cognitive decline a full decade later than those with sleep apnea who didn't use the CPAP machine. So the decade difference, if it might help that much of a difference, it's definitely worth trying. Hopefully you'll hear me all right. I'm sorry to say the heater kicked in and our heater has a phase that it goes through that it just starts cranking for a while. Pretty loud for a new heater. But. Six ways to sleep better. First step in getting more rest is to practice good sleep hygiene. That means going to bed and waking up at the same time every day keeping the bedroom cool, dark and quiet, avoiding caffeine, large meals and alco- alcohol, and shutting down electronics a few hours before bedtime. It's um like when I drink, I usually drink earlier in the day night and I'll stop in the early evening so that way by the time I go to bed I don't have I'm not drunk or anything. I, don't have to deal with dry mouth throughout the night, issues like that, feeling like crap in the morning. But Sit by a window, do what you can to maximize your exposure to natural light, like sitting near a window during the day. Avoid blue light. Screen time and exposure to abnormal light can suppress the production of melatonin, which not only makes it difficult to sleep, but increases the risk for other health problems. And there's tons of different forms of melatonin out there nowadays to help boost your melatonin. Wearing glasses that block the blue light or setting your phone to night mode to improve sleep quality. Exercise at the right time. High-intensity exercise raises heart rate and body temperature which may increase wakefulness i per- personally prefer to exercise early in the day which i have to do after this because i stupidly signed up for the diamond <laughs> the ddp yoga challenge this year again so i got a video record my workouts It's like a Keep my diet schedule and all that, and my, what I'm eating, write all that down. But after yesterday, starting out, I realized it's going to take me longer to go, get going this year than it has in the past because the body's not responding as well. So we'll see how it goes. Walk more. Even low-impact exercise like walking can improve sleep. Which is good news for people with neurological conditions that might make vigorous workouts difficult. Say, so if you want some light workout at night, that would be a good a good time to do some walking. Uh, stay awake during the day, while a 20-minute power nap can improve alertness. Anything longer may interfere with your interfere with your ability to sleep at night. I can't take naps. If I take a nap, I'm done for the day. It just makes me tired the rest of the day. The day I never get any charge out of it, but yet I haven't tried to take a nap with, with my CPAP. That might change. That might be make it more of a deep sleep, make, you, make me not as tired when I get up. Uh, alter your thinking. Cognitive behavioral therapy can be an effective way to treat insomnia or According to a number of studies, so you can try things like that, but yeah, it's, they say sleep is wonderful for everything. When your body heals, when your brain heals, everything, your body just resets itself. So that's probably the main thing. It's like they say, some people say, if you're going to spend money on something, the one things you shouldn't skip on is a vehicle, your bed. I can't remember what the other (laughs) thing is right now, but your bed is something. Don't skip. Get a good bed. You're going to have it long term. It's one of your most important things. Yeah, that's it for today. We will talk to you again either tomorrow or Thursday, hopefully. See how it goes. I had a doctor appointment again tomorrow, so we'll talk to you soon. Have a good day. You good to each other.